friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Tenant Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic day today. Blessed as always. And if you guys need anything, be sure to get a hold of us at healthmasters.com. And I told you yesterday you voted, and it won the Ultimate Multiple Powder right now that's going to be going on sale today, our one and only Ultimate Multiple Powder Great formula, tastes fantastic, mixes really well. You can mix it in with shakes, smoothies, or just straight water. So I drink it every morning with about 16 ounces of water, throw two scoops in it, and drink it as I'm walking out the door. Really, really helps out with focus, really helps out with energy, and just feeds your body with the raw, true nutrients that are all bioactive, especially with high doses of bioactive B12 and B vitamins really help out. So be sure to check that out on sale today for a week at healthmasters.com. And uh, one of the first things I wanted to get into this morning is I wanted to cover it a little bit more because I've had more people ask me about it because it's apparently starting to show up in a lot of supermarkets, and it's this new appeal sticker that's on a lot of organic food, A-P-E-E-L. I've talked about this briefly, and it's a protective coating that allegedly helps the produce stay fresher longer. The issue with this is, is we've now found, as I told you guys a couple weeks ago, it was founded with a grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, surprise, surprise, and the founder, James Rogers, is a massive contributor to the World Economic Forum. He's one of the ones that hailed COVID lockdowns and restrictions. He's he's the guy who found this company, Appeal Sciences, and so they're putting it on everything from avocados, cucumbers, lemons, limes, mandarins, oranges, apples, grapefruit, mangoes, and the list goes down the line with pretty much every single type of organic produce. And the issue with this is this coating is pretty much permanent. It's almost like a a wax chemical coating that goes around it that it's dipped in, and it's got heavy metals in it. It's got carcinogens in it, and it's pretty much going to every single grocery store now that uh, because of the produce that the main companies now own huge position and huge <laughs> massive amount of the food that's getting distributed is owned by just a few major companies. I've talked to you about this before in detail. And what's crazy about this is the they say the appeal adds a little extra peel on produce to slow the rate of water loss and oxidation. And the materials in it are totally natural and totally safe and generally recognized as safe. This is the grass notice from the USDA. The problem with this is when you actually start finding out where the two primary components in there, they're essentially established from monodiglycerides with other chemicals that are added into it, and these toxic residues don't come off. And this is what I've continually encouraged people. Make sure you know where you're getting your food from. It's best if you can to try to get local farmers or companies that are local that work with other you know, co-op food companies that you can get stuff that hasn't been manipulated as much. This is just something to be looking out for, and they have it, uh, the sticker on all the produce. You'll see it if you run into it. So, again, do some research on it and uh, figure out if that's something you really want to use. To me, not something I would want to use at all. But again, this is where we're at in this country. Also, too, in other news, this is something that I wanted to kind of address because nobody's really brought this up. You've heard all week right now, basically the mainstream media has been discussing this Title 42 dropping tomorrow and that there's migrants everywhere that are trying to get into the country from all over the world, from China, from Africa, from the Middle East, everywhere. People have descended allegedly in Mexico to try to come across the border when this Title 42 is lifted. There's a video that was posted. So my sister 
of at least 150,000 undocumented migrants are poised to surge the southern border beginning Thursday when the Title 42 ends, and it talks about the different places that they're camped out in. Now, what's interesting, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I brought this up before. It's very strange to me because I saw a video that was showing a whole bunch of migrants that were essentially in this camp area, and they were eating MREs. I've used those before. I've had some as backup, and I've brought this question up to numerous people is how and where do 150,000 people gather their food sources from? It's just a question. Even if you're dealing with 150,000 people that were eating, you know, barely a thousand calories a day, which is not a lot. Maybe they're getting skinny. You know, they don't have a lot of food. That's 150 million calories a day. 150 million calories a day. If you look up MREs, they're usually around two to three thousand calories for an entire three meal set of MREs. Uh, there's 48 cases to a pallet. And there's about 40 pallets will fit in a tractor trailer. I did the math on it from one of the main MRE companies. So a tractor trailer can carry about 50 million calories worth of MREs. Well, we're talking about 150,000 people that are sitting around and running around and doing whatever. Dude, that means that's three tractor trailers a day of MREs in order to maintain just barely 1,000 calories a day of food. Where is this food coming from and who's giving it to them and who and what is funding this? This operation like this doesn't just happen. You don't have 150,000 people show up at a border and decide we're going to wait until Title 42 ends and just hang out. Obviously, this is a concerted effort, and there's massive, massive funding behind this right now. And I just kind of want to bring that up and ask the question when I saw this video, where are these guys getting all these MREs from? You know, a lot of these MREs are, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks a piece, depending on what type they are, quality, and so forth, and where they're getting 150 million calories a day in food in order to maintain at least some aspect of survivability at under 1,000 calories a day. Just thought a question that I would throw out there for everybody because right now, what I think we're starting to see and what's being spooled up is this massive, massive injection of individuals into the country to try to cause more instability with stuff that's already happening right now. There's been numerous reports I've told you about this. I've heard some stuff that's come up now that they're going to start using a lot of these groups that are coming in to bring more cartel members and bring more gang members like MS-13 into the United States and start basically being involved with more false flags operations and more of the red states. Now, whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. That's what I heard from another individual. The problem that we have right now is that we know for a fact that the deep state and the main alphabet agencies are trying to come up with any scheme they can to justify a disarmament of the United States because they don't want the American population being armed. This has been very clear with a lot of the legislation that they've pushed. Right. So this is an issue that is going to start happening. And so this is why, I mean, I was, I was talking to a couple of buddies last night that I trained with on a regular basis and we all had, we were in detailed conversations. I said, it's that time that, I mean, if you are out and about with your family or not with your family or any point that you have situational awareness and you know how to defend yourself, because in my opinion, I think they're going to start having much more false flags. This whole thing in this Texas mall with this guy that's allegedly you know hispanic and his parents only speak spanish and yet he's has these fresh swastika tattoos on his chest i mean like brand new tattoos they're showing in these photos so now he's this neo-nazi you know mexican that shot up everybody 
this whole story doesn't make any sense at all. And again, and he's discharged from the military in 08 for a bunch of mental problems. Stuff like this is very strange. And what's ironic about it as well, I thought this was very interesting when uh, Louder with Crowder brought this up yesterday. He made a comment. He said, isn't it funny and ironic the fact that we had a transgender male, female, whatever it was, go into a Christian school and shoot up a Christian school executing young children and writes a manifesto that seven weeks later now, oh, we still have no motive what this transgender, we have no, we have no motive. Well, we have no idea why she did it. No, no idea whatsoever. We can't release the manifesto. Literally the same day of the Texas shooting, oh, he's a white supremacist. He's a white supremacist, neo-Nazi, skinhead Mexican. That's why he did it. But he went to one of the nicest malls in that area and shot white people and Asians. Come on, guys. Where, where's the narrative here and what are they pushing? You start digging around, you'll start finding out real quick what it is. And remember, every single thing you hear on the mainstream media, question it. Because as I told you before, my ranger buddy, who used to work with GRS contracting, he said very clearly, do not believe anything you were told. And I said – what do you mean? Anything. He goes, if it comes out of the mainstream media, don't believe it. If it comes from the government, don't believe anything they tell you. It's either manipulated theater to push their narrative or it's a downright lie. And again, that was his opinion on it. But as what we're watching right now and all this weird stuff happening, again, like I said, where's the 150 million calories of MREs coming from to sustain 150,000 people sitting on the border every single day? But that's a daily amount of caloric intake. 1,000 calories a day for 150,000 people is 150 million calories a day. That's three semi-trucks of MREs every single day to sustain them. Now, again, you, they could starve a little bit, I guess, not eat as much. You could taper that down. Who's funding all that food and why? Ask those questions, and you'll find out exactly who's pushing this agenda. What do you think, Deb? You know, often it's, it's the truth. You know, you got to realize that this group of entities that run this planet are basically doing all of this stuff, and we've been covering that with Angel Wars for the past week and a half. And that's why I always say to everyone listening on the show, it's always the same people. We've got a group of people out there that are being controlled demonically by these entities that have inhabited them. And at this point in time, we need to be aware of who the enemy is. We need to look at who's behind the curtain. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and I told her, I said, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, everybody wants to talk about the periphery. Everybody wants to talk about the outside of the spider. Also, you need to meet your, you need to meet your microphone, buddy. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about the periphery of the spider web and who the people are, who the players are. Like you got Soros or you got Bezos or you got, you know, Bill Gates. These are just players in the game. They're put here in front of us for us to see, but they're not the real men behind the curtain. You got to go to the Wizard of Oz with Toto when he pulls the doggone curtain back, and all of a sudden they see there's a man pulling the levers. That's the wizards and the weirdos and the warlocks and the witches of this planet that continue to worship the unseen, you know, spirits and these other entities that manifest themselves to them on an ongoing basis to show who they are. That's who runs the planet. And and that and I and I I, I was talking this morning, you know, and I I I, I told my friend, I said, here's the thing. I said I did a show on on CTN, you know, with a good friend of mine years ago. And I talked about this, the unseen hand, the people behind the scene who run the show, behind the curtain. And the show was pulled off of YouTube within 48 hours. And they were t- – they, they, my, my buddy put it back up again, and they took it back down again. And they told him they would t- pull every single broadcast down and take down the entire network's you know, basically catalog of, 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 ta- of, of interviews if they put Ted Brower back up again. Well, guys, think about it for a second. I have been blackballed on Christian TV now. 
Let's, let's, let's stop here and let's just step it back a notch. I used to do a lot of Christian TV. I used to do a lot of radio. They blackballed me on secular radio. I've been blackballed. I can't go on it anymore unless I do some show that they haven't basically been given the edict not to put me on. And people in general who talk about alternative health treatment protocols are blackballed on talk shows now because the pharmacia and the pharmacies and the drug companies pay for all of the advertising. And so then they basically – back in the 90s, and Austin remembers this, I used to do up to 40 talk shows a week, a week. During peak seasons, like, you know, the holidays, like, you know, Easter or Thanksgiving or for Christmas or whatever. And I would do just show after show, sometimes eight shows a day. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> you also remember that. And I, yeah. I sometimes, I, sometimes I'd even get laryngitis and lose my voice and have to say, I can't do a show this week. And I'd be very careful when I was with my friends. I'm like, I can't talk to you. I'm like, you know, being like a weirdo, right? I can't talk to you because I got to watch my voice. I'll lose it. I've got, you know, 40 shows this week. And people look at me like, well, what do you mean you can't talk to me? I'm, saying, I'm not being mean. I'm just letting you know that I, I, I can only physically do so much. And suddenly, little by little, when Clinton signed that act back in the 90s, deregulating radio and allowing one company like Clear Channel to come in and buy literally every station in the market and completely censor the advertising. That rule was put into place by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, the FCC, the Federal Communication Commission, way, way, way back when radio started because they didn't want to have the ability of one company to come in and censor the news and put out one set of news. And now you can watch it. You guys have seen it on YouTube. You have a script that's being read by 40 different TV shows, and you can watch 40 different shows and broadcast, and they'll actually play it in unison because they've been told what to say and what to do. Because the controllers of this world who run BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, the 13 bloodline families that have been so interbred now, you don't even know who they are anymore. All of these people basically are the ones that have been bred genetically for easy satanic possession as far as at the top of the hierarchy. And this is what's happening, and that's why we. That's why I took two weeks. It take two weeks. I'll be. I should be done with Angel Wars within three. That's today, tomorrow, and Friday. I should be done with it. But I, it's, it's literally taking me ten broadcasts to cover this stuff and how complicated it is, and who these people are, and what they did, and why in the world we're on this planet, and why God's here, and why we were put down here with a bunch of fallen angels. We're like we're on prison planet Earth. Can't go to Antarctica. There's an ice wall. We'll shoot you down to protect you with your airplane. We'll sink your ship. We'll arrest you. We'll come aboard. You're not going to Antarctica. Shame on you. You get a little peninsula that let you go out to, go a couple miles inland, that's it. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, you can't go down there. Well, Admiral Byrd did. The Nazis did. Oh, yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff came out of that, didn't it? We got to realize that. But we have to understand something. You know, the, to refurbish the earth to create the human races, the human, human races to prove who God is. And, and at a certain time, Lucifer was allowed to enter the garden. He was locked up for thousands and thousands of years after what he did. You know, God wanted to show the entire universe that Adam and Eve, which had been given free will, that if they obeyed God and they did what was right in God's eyes, they would be continue to live forever like God told them they would. But if they fall, if they fell inside the fall of Lucifer, you know, that it would not be the Godhead's fault. Think about what I just said. God gives us freedom of will, and therefore their choice is going to be held back on them. Everybody's got choices they've got to make. Everybody has decisions they've got to make You know, when we're, when we're children. You know, we do things we're not supposed to do, and finally we realize after a certain point in time that, hey, you know, this is not good. I don't like this. If I do this, I'm going to have this consequence. If I do that, I'm going to have that consequence, so I prefer the better consequences. And if you have reasoning skills, and in German there's two words, vernünftig and verstand. If you have the ability to differentiate the truth and the lie, which is difficult in this world because the world has been veiled by this group, by the energy field they put out, which makes you not see and believe the truth when you hear about Jesus. That's why so many people won't go to church. That's why so many people won't, won't listen when you start talking about Christ. That's why people listen to this show who really aren't 
born-again Christians, and they give me a letter, and they tell me that if I talk about Jesus, they're not going to listen to my show anymore. My response is always the same. Go listen to Joe Rogan. He can cuss at you. I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to talk about the periphery. And I'll mention George Soros, you know, Klaus Schwab out of, out of, out of Switzerland, Switzerland. I'll talk about that, and I'll talk about who he is and what he does and how he's being used as a cutout. But these people are evil to the core, and they're basically being possessed by these entities, or they're being given huge treasures. Remember, that's the same, it's the same thing that Lucifer did to Jesus when he, tempt, when he tempted him. If you but fall out and worship me, I will give you all of these lands. I'll give you all of these cities. I'll give you all of this country, all of this stuff, if you but do this, because it was his to give. And that's what he does here, isn't it? He'll tell a person, I'm going to give you all of this stuff. I'll get you a, a you know, a, a, a Gulfstream 650. I'll, you know, I'll get you a yacht. I'll get you this. I'll get you that. But you've got to, you've got to fall down and worship me. You've got to get involved with, you know, money laundering with drugs. You've got to get involved with, you know, running drug across the borders. You've got to get involved with, you know, setting up a, you know, an Amazon. You have to get set up. You have to get rid of all the retail businesses. We've got to consolidate so we can control everything. But, you know, but that's, that's, that's for another show right now. But you got to remember when Eve was tempted, I'll go back to that for a second. I got to recapitulate. You got to cover that again. When you know, when Eve was tempted, she most likely did not even understand what death was. If one day is a thousand years, I mean, she had lived for a thousand years. She probably had never been sick. She probably never aged. It's the ultimate skincare treatment, ladies. You never age. And and, and so all of a sudden, he's saying this to her. In fact, she was probably like I talked about yesterday. Probably, in my opinion, probably procreating, having other children at that point. And then he turned. Lucifer turns the table on her. He goes, "You will not die if you eat from the fruit." Then he told her, he says, that Jesus and God knew that, and if they ate the fruit, they become like gods, knowing good and evil. He put a doubt into the mind of Eve that God was holding her back and not letting her be all that she could be. This is the problem that we have in society today. This was the Frankfurt School. This is what they did to us with cultural Marxism. This is what they did with feminism. The woman can't look like a lady. She can't dress nice. She can't wear a pretty sundress or a hat or anything nice. She has to be you know, dressing like a butch-type lesbian. Now, if you guys are offended by this show, you need to turn it off. But I'm just telling you straight up now what's going on. You know, you've got to make sure you look as masculine as you can so they can't tell the difference between you and a man. And if that's not good enough, we've got to make sure we put you on hormone replacement chemicals so you can look like a man. And, and, this, and this is all a lie. They don't want you to look good because they want you to be all that you could be. That's what they did to Eve. They told her that she could basically because God was holding her back, and he was not. You know, and so you got to think about how the how these entities, you know, that were basically doing all of this stuff were just so excited about the fact that he was able to beguile her like that. You know, remember that this horrible thing, Lucifer, couldn't come to her like he looked because he'd already been burned to ash. He couldn't show up, you know, whatever he looks like looking like that. Did he masquerade as an angel of the light and come to her as something else? Did he morph himself into a snake or did he inhabit the snake? I don't know. All I know is that we were told that she was tempted and she fell, and we, and we need to realize that. You know, again, he said to the Eve, you shall surely not die, for God doeth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. This is Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Adam, however, was not deceived. And it says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression, 1 Timothy two fourteen. And we need to realize that basically that this sin entered into the world. The tempter came in. The accuser of the brethren came in. The same entity that caused a third of God's holy angels that were innumerable to fall came to Eve. And she had no idea who he was or what he was. She had no idea of the pre-Adamic race. Had no idea. The same entity that appealed to sentence to God thousands of years earlier shows up again. So this timeline that we have in heaven is not the timeline we have down here. You know, my, my good friend Van Green was talking to me this morning. He was saying, well, how much time do you have left? And I said, I don't know. 
So it may be less than 25 years before this whole thing falls apart. And look what's happening right now with Austin talked about. The Second Amendment is sacrosanct. It's sacrosanct because whatever these entities are, they don't want us having guns. Maybe because these people that are possessed are still in physical bodies and they're still subject to the laws of physics in this universe and in this dimension. And bullets have a tendency to do bad things to bad people. Let's <laughs> not mention that. So all of this stuff is part of what we are in now in this pawns of the game, like William Guy Carr said in his book. We're all part of it. And we have to understand that we have to play our part, you know, our role that God gave us to the best of our ability. We need to pray every day. We need to be in church all the time. All of these things are very, very important for all of us to understand and to do. You know, and, and remember, all the angels, the good ones, the bad ones, learned that no blame can be put on the Godhead when Adam and Eve did what they did because they'd been warned. And they had lived a fantastic life for apparently a whole day or a thousand years, but they chose to rebel and basically mess it all up. Can you imagine how the devil was beside himself with joy? He thought he'd ace Jesus out. Now, the question did not yet have been settled if God was going to be righteous or if he, his sentence was going to be appealed. Who knows? You know, he did not know that this was just round one. He didn't know that what was fixing to happen is God was going to pass judgment on him in the Garden of Eden and tell him that his head was going to be crushed. And there'd be a redeemer that would come from all of this stuff. And that the redeemer would come and bring salvation to the human race and prove that God is righteous, Genesis 3.15. And so all of this stuff is part of what we have to realize is going on around us. So, gosh, Ted, this is complicated. No, it's not complicated. It's just detailed. The simple plan of salvation is this. Believe in the name of Jesus. Believe that he said who he is, who he said he was. Accept him and realize that his blood is going to sanctify you. Speaking of the blood, remember how Cain killed Abel? Remember this one? Genesis 4, 1 through 12, you can read the entire account. The voice of thy brother's blood crieth out unto me from the ground. Blood puts out scalar energy. It puts out a frequency. It's powerful. You can take, a, you can take the blood from a living person and you can transfuse it, you know, give it a transfusion into somebody else. You can store it. But you cannot take the blood from a person who just died and transfuse it into somebody else because the, the living part of that blood is gone. It'll, it'll, it'll get somebody sick or kill them. You've got to realize that you can't use the, the, the blood of a dead person and transfuse it into a live person because the blood literally – what's the best way to say this from a physics standpoint? The blood is like a separate entity that, tra- that goes through our veins. That's why it's always used in sacrificial rituals. That's why Jesus says take, eat, take, drink. He's not talking about drinking his physical blood. He's talking about how this blood's going to come in you through communion and change you back to that of the Father because of the power of the blood. And what have they done in the Christian churches? They've taken the songs about the blood out of the doggone hymnals. They don't talk about the blood anymore. They don't want to do that. Because why? Because that's where the power comes from. Without the shedding of blood, there is no sacrifice of sins. The blood is like a separate living entity inside of you, and the heart pump and the and the energy field, the, the nerve plexus around the heart puts out an energy field that goes out 20 to 30 feet around a person. That's why when you get around somebody that you don't like who's not of the same spirit, you feel a repulse, like a magnet, like two, putting two north sides of a magnet together. It pushes away from each other because the energy field is not compatible. And then you get, you get with somebody that you really like, and the energy fields merge almost instantaneously. You, and it doesn't matter if they're a male or a female. You feel a camaraderie. you like with my buddy Van. He could pretty much ask me to do anything for him. I would, I would take care of it. And he, same thing with him for me. And see, when you have relationships like that or a marriage like that or you know, a, a girlfriend experience like that or whatever, you've got to realize that's very, very, very unique because the blood creates such a strong energy field. You, know, you walk into a room and you go, I shouldn't be here right now. This isn't okay. This is not okay. We shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be partaking in any of this stuff. This is not okay. This ain't right. But all of a sudden you feel it and it is right. And you go – 
okay, well, this is right now. And you think to yourself, okay, well, that means we have a convergence of the energy fields. It's harmonics is what it is. And you end up – because remember, we're, we're like a – the whole universe is like a giant symphony. And Lucifer understood this because he was the cherub that sung the songs and led the worship praise. It's like the whole universe cries out together in harmony when it's lined up properly with God Almighty. And that's what Christ allows you to do. He allows you through his blood and through his sacrifice to come directly back to God to allow you to be harmonic with God. It's how it works. The entire universe is a giant frequency, and we have to understand that's how God made it. And Lucifer understood this because he was the head cherub who led the worship and praise in heaven, and he wanted to create disharmony. That's why when you go to a concert, that's satanic, that's heathen. You could feel the energy fields go against you. It pushes back on you. You go, this isn't okay if you're being led by the Holy Spirit because you realize very, very quickly there's certain things you should be involved in and certain things you shouldn't be involved in. If you're listening to some death cult like Black Sabbath or ACDC or whatever, you know, or KISS, you know, that they used to call that kids in Satan's service, you start realizing very quickly that this is not where you need to be. But again, that's so alluring, isn't it? A third of the angels, an innumerable amount, they couldn't be counted of angels throughout the entire universe, fell because of this song, apparently, that Lucifer decided to sing and bring them into this lie. And, that, and that's where we find ourselves today. And Lucifer knew that sometime in the future that the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, would have to introduce a Redeemer into the human race. And after having had a conference, I guess, with his fallen angels, the next thing was to attack the refurbished creation through what Adam had done. And what he wanted to do, and this is Genesis chapter 6, and I told you I want to cover that today, he started mixing fallen angels and humans. And once the human beings had been contaminated to 100%, it would, he would he, this is my opinion, he could force the Godhead to abandon the Redeemer project or Jesus or include the fallen angels in the project. I mentioned this to you the other day. And then it goes on and, and, and it talks about this. And it said, it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. The daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives, all of which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, but that he also is flesh, yet in his days shall his number be 120 years. And then it goes right into this. I talked about this yesterday with the Greek gods and the pantheon and all the rest. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children, and the same mighty men which were of old, men of renown, Genesis 6, 1 through 4, now, if you go back to the book of Enoch, you know, Enoch was basically taken up to heaven and given a book, which I believe was held, you know, together on the, by, the, by Noah and kept in the ark, so it would be accounted as history. There were 200 fallen angels who were before the rebellion of Lucifer, who had been working with the Godhead before the rebellion to create, you know, it helped, no, it wasn't helping God to, to basically do what God wanted to do as far as in setting up, I guess, laboratories to create different planets and different entities, you know, that only God could put the spark of life into. Before they rebelled and joined Lucifer, they had retained their skill apparently and on knowledge and how to create different things that God had told them, taught them how to do. This is why they still do this today when they send these doggone spaceships around and they collect human beings and take them and do experiments on them and collect their DNA. So you well, that sounds crazy, Ted. Okay, whatever. If you want to believe that, believe it. If you don't, don't believe it. But I'm telling you what. This stuff flying around is real. The government's even come out and given us full disclosure now said it's real and they don't know what they are. And they're lying about that. They know exactly what they are. And so we have to understand that these guys are geneticists and what they do. And, you know, and what they wanted to do, they wanted, they wanted to be able to have a Lucifer, you know, descend to the ground and create physical bodies for them to possess. They could use these to procreate babies with human women. They chose Mount Hermon as their headquarters, which is approximately 9,000 foot in elevation, and it's located in Syria. Now think about it for a second. We went into Syria again to overthrow the government. 
Remember that? With all the rest of the stuff that we did, and we bombed Syria on an ongoing basis still, and we used Mossad to do that. What are they looking for in Syria? Are they looking for artifacts of this? Do they know this is there? Do they have artifacts that are buried in underground caves and tunnels? Are they trying to find some type of preserved corpse from some type of Nephilim from way back when to try to recreate that and create with a bloodline or with genetics or with hybrid technology the ability to bring these entities back onto this planet again after they were once wiped out? I don't know. I'm asking you those questions. You know, and so we have to understand all of this stuff that you know is part of this pre-Adamic race and what happened. And we have to understand also, it says that there were giants on Earth those days. And we have to understand what this is. And you see these old skeletons everywhere, these huge, huge guys, are 8, 10, 12 feet tall. And after and remember Goliath? He was here after the flood. It was because they came back after the flood. And and remember, it was about seven hundred years after the birth of Seth that Enoch was active on the earth. And he was a man of God. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years. And he died. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300, 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Genesis 5, 19-24. Then it says in Hebrews eleven five. By faith, Enoch was translated. He could not see death and was not found because God had translated him or took him to heaven. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he had pleased God. Now, isn't that the same testimony that we want, that we, we want to serve God and obey his commandments and please him and do what pleases him in his hearts and his, in our minds? we got to realize that's who we are before Christ. That's who we are before God. Are we going to do what pleases him? And I'm not saying that we all don't make mistakes. I'm not saying we all don't sin. That's simply we all do that on an ongoing basis. But the reality is, is that where's your heart? What do you want to do with your heart? What do you want to do? Who do you want to serve? You know, Enoch was the sixth generation after Adam, and he walked close with God Almighty. Several times he was taken to heaven, just like the Apostle John was. He wrote two books while he was alive on the earth, and the future generations would have a record of what had taken place. In Enoch chapter 1, chapter you know 6, you know, book one, Enoch gives us the following details. There was a group of fallen angels, he's 200, and the fallen angel leader was Semyats, M-C-M-Y-A-Z. And Semyats did not trust the other fallen angels as he knew that he would be violating the will of God if he did what these other angels wanted to do. And he did not want to be the one that the Godhead would turn their bath on. So he had these other angels swear on an oath that they collectively were responsible for what they were going to do. And you remember Enoch was walking in there, and he's walking in the heaven with God, and he said, you know, in the ancient of days showed up. That would be God the Father. And there was somebody like the Son of Man walking with him, whose countenance was bright. You need to read the book Enoch. And he talks about God the Father. He talks about the Son. He talks about all of this stuff because he's there with, in heaven with the Godhead in the third heaven. And see, yeah, I love that term, by the way, ancient of days. And it's just, and it's just something that we need to realize is that this universe has been here for an innumerable amount of time. We can't figure that one out, even with carbon dating. But the God has always been, and he always was, he always will be. And he set up this plan for us to be able to go back to him and be part of his kingdom again in heaven through Christ, which he had to do because we had to have a redeemer because we were in a fallen state. All of this stuff was put together for us to be here where we are right now so we could serve him and obey his commandments. Simeon's then divided you know, you know, the group into ten teams as they worked to create physical bodies apparently for themselves because they remember they couldn't – they had to have a plasma body like you talked about it under an ionized chi. I talk, talked about that on Monday because when they're, in a, when they're in a different state of matter in a different dimension, they have to have a physical body to inhabit. Now, I'm going to say something. This is very important that you understand this. This is why this thing of 
possession that I talked about on Monday creeps up all of the time. These entities cannot be in this dimension without inhabiting a body because they're, 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 they basically are the fourth state of matter. They're like a plasma state, and they could go back and forth, but apparently it takes a lot of energy in order for them to do that, and they need to be in a body that's compatible with the DNA. So these entities, these bloodline groups for thousands and thousands of years were bred to allow these plasma bodies to inhabit them more efficiently. That's what demonic possession is all about. That's why Jesus talked about it. You know, don't remember when this, this group of entities he's about to cast out, and they said, oh, we know who you are. Don't cast us into the pit. And then the one guy basically who was possessed, he starts running around. This is the son of the most high God, and he had to be rebuked and told him to be quiet. Because all of this stuff happens on an ongoing basis around us. Don't remember what I told you with Man Cow? You know, he was up there with a priest, Malachi Martin, and he was walking through New York City. And Malachi Martin could see into the third dimension, the fourth dimension, and he could see these different entities walking around possessing these people. And he was telling Man Cow. And then he told Man Cow, he said, Do you want me to show you? And he had his crucifix on. And he took his crucifix and he held it up in the air and he spoke in Latin and he called these things out. And one of the guys who was possessed saw him, started barking like a dog and ran off on all fours. Mankow saw that. This is all around us. This is the groups of entities that inhabit human beings. And we have to understand that this is not something that we should be involved in. You shouldn't get involved in the dark side with Ouija boards and tarot cards and all the rest of this stuff. That we're supposed to serve the most high God. And understand that this dark stuff is only going to drag you deeper and deeper and deeper into a pit with them because they don't want to be there alone because they know they've already been judged. And they want to create everything as evil as they possibly can, not because they want to destroy the earth because that's what Satan wants to rule. That's who they are. And, you know, each of the fallen angels, the 200, descended down from their mountain base and selected women to be their wives. But they had to give up their own they had to convert them from their plasma bodies. As these women gave birth to their babies, they could now produce about half of the human, half fallen angel race, for which there was no redemption. This offspring of these fallen angels became known as Nephilim. Because these angels had superior weapons, probably some type of scalar energy device, they forced the population to submit. You know, Adam had not been given any knowledge of you know how to do mining and produce weapons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But these fallen angels taught people how to find copper and silver and gold and everything else. They used their technology, apparently it could have, I guess, to dig mining shafts into the, into the, uh, into the earth, to extract iron ore and other types of ore. And you see all this. You see the Copper Age, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, all of the stuff. If you go back in history, you can see it. You know? But the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they had rules of engagement that had been listed. They did not want Lucifer and his fallen agents that they, that they, that they could start introducing advanced technology. They didn't want that. Because human beings, they didn't feel was ready for that because they had already had it happen. Like, like with Atlantis, it already happened in the pre-Adamic race. You know, when Plato gave the account of gave, gave the account of Atlantis, I believe that was real. But Atlantis was destroyed in the pre-Adamic flood because it was all part of this, and it talked about that you know, with Plato in his writings because it was it was something that had been carried from generation to generation, and they had remembered all of this stuff, I guess, collectively or in some type of scroll that had been saved even after the flood. Who knows what happened, how they found out about this, or Satan could have revealed it to these guys you know, and talked about it with Plato. Who knows? But the reality is God did not want that advanced technology back on this planet again that fast. He didn't want it. And so gradually, we started getting more and more and more technological advances you know, because there were rules of engagement that were put into place. You know, these these angels then taught the human beings how to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and digging tools like shovels and bars. They create – this is all from the book of Enoch. 
They created demon gods and taught them how to make idols and how to worship them and how to sacrifice the children to release the energy into that next dimension to feed these entities. They were doing all of this stuff, too, because remember, they couldn't get sustenance from God Almighty anymore because they were separated from him. They were taught to make bracelets for demon worship and ornaments of all kinds. They used cosmetics, etc. They showed them how to make natural remedies for plants and herbs in men and women. And they, they taught women how to be witches and shamans and, and, and warlocks and weird stuff. You had to drink blood. You know, human and animal sacrifices made to these demon gods. And in a few years, the masses of people were demon-possessed. And with each year, more and more of these halflings, these bred, these inbred people were being born, and the goal of angels was to have all of humans contaminated. And, and some of the angels you know, started to tinker with the animals and the trees. They sinned against the reptiles. That's where I believe all of these dinosaurs came from and these T-Rexes and everything else. And also has talked about that in depth before. They came and went against the, 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 the vegetation. They started with their knowledge of DNA. They taught the humans how to produce genetically modified crops which in many cases are not as healthy for you. In fact, pretty much every case. Now we have you know, hybrid soybeans, hybrid corn, hybrid everything. All of this stuff is toxic. And they put all these different chemicals and breed it right into the plant, and corn becomes like a pesticide. I mean, it's crazy what they've done. And the once beautiful refurbished earth was being destroyed by more and more and more these entities because that's what they wanted to do. They, they educated people in, in writing and the use of ink and paper, and they were used to write down false doctrine and to teach people to be perverse and teach them pornography. And teach them how to have all kinds of horrible stuff. It's like I told you before. When the Third Reich back in the 30s burned the books that were all over Europe, all over Germany, they weren't, they weren't burning the classics. They were burning the porn. They were burning the filth. They were burning the stuff that was basically teaching people not to believe in God Almighty. They were coming against what was going on. Berlin was one of the most decadent places in the world in the 20s. They had, they had brothels where bestiality – I won't go into detail. Bestiality was normal and legal in the brothel. On a stage, right? They had all kinds of manners of perversion. Berlin and the Germans had become completely and totally corrupt from what had happened after the Versailles Treaty and what had happened with Germany, and, all, and they were being possessed by these entities. And when the Third Reich came in, and I have, I'm, no, I'm no fan of the Third Reich. I want you to know that. But when they came in, they realized that the cultural degradation of the society was going to be extreme if they did not clean it up. And that's why they burned the books. So what do they say to us now? Well, they were a bunch of book burners. Why don't you ask what books they were burning? They weren't burning the Bible. <laughs> they weren't burning the word of God. They were burning the filth and the porn. And see, this is what we have to do again. We have to come in and look, look what DeSantis just did. People are confusing Ron DeSantis now being a book burner because he said the state of Florida will not endorse open pornography and textbooks for children at the ages of four to eight. We're not going to do that. We're not going to groom these children. So he passed the anti-grooming laws. You know, so now DeSantis is being called a book burner. And he says it's an anti-gay law. It's not an anti-gay law. It's an anti-let's not pervert little children law. But people don't get that. They want to twist it all and, be, and make it okay. You know, they, they, these, these entities also taught shipbuilding and navigation. Maybe that's why you know, they weren't that surprised when Noah was building a boat. They probably wonder why he was doing it on dry land. They probably thought he was crazy about that. They, they, taught, they, they taught women how to abort babies. You know, they, did not, they, they figured that an, an extra, an aborted baby was an extra treat for the people that were burning sacrifices to, to these entities. They, they, they had all kinds of weird perversions they showed, you know, the kinky sex, all the weird stuff, all this crazy stuff was there. Homosexuality was introduced as a goal of the fallen angels, was to base all humans by all the laws of God. After 1,600 years of getting worse and worse, you know, this is how the Bible described it. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. Stay with me on this. Okay. Because he understood what had happened and how the angels had come in and basically, basically just destroyed the planet by breathing in with them. And it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man. Of course, he really wasn't destroying the man, was he? He was destroying these Nephilim and these giants and these half-breeds because they were no longer in his image. And they were all evil. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I love, created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me, it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these, you know, and, and, and Noah was basically walked with God. And Noah had clean DNA and clean seed. And Austin covered this the other day. When the children of Israel were brought into the promised land, they had to clean out the giants again. This was not a metaphor. These entities had come back and did it again. They had to go in, and they said, we were like grasshoppers in their, in their sight. And God says, why are you concerned about this? I'm walking with you. I'll take care of this for you. And we got to understand that. And, and, you know, and then when you really stop back and you look at it all, and, and you realize that Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon earth. And, Noah, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them you know, with the earth, Genesis 6, 5 through 13, which is the second flood. And then God moved into action. Remember, he ordered his holy arrest angels at that point to arrest the 200 fallen angels and put them in a special prison you know, in the earth that is called Tartarus. Then it goes on to say, if you read this in Jude 1 through 6 and 2 Peter 2, 4 through 5, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, cast them down into hell and delivered them the chains of darkness to be reserved into judgment, and spared not the whole world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the blood upon the world of the ungodly, this is 2 Peter 2, 4 through 5, and then Jude 1 through 6 says, and the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their dimension, they're calling it their own habitation in the Bible, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness into the judgment of the great day. And of course, then, then Noah, he told Jesus told Noah to build the ark, to use that to save his family and the animals and the creeping things, Genesis 6, 14 through 22. And that day, Noah was 600 years old, two months and 17 days old. And, then, and basically, the ice canopy was collapsed around the planet. We talked about this the other day, which caused it to rain for 40 days and nights. The deep reservoirs under the earth, which they say now there's deep seas under the earth, were opened up and flooded the earth. And in a short time, the highest peak in the world was 22 feet under the under water. And the flood lasted for five months, Genesis 7, 11 through 24. And guess what? The world that was, was no more. Period. That's what happened to it. It disappeared because God had genuk enough in German. And, you know, it's interesting. It says this. This is something we need to all heed. This is Jesus' warning. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not me, no, not the angels of heaven, no, no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as it knows the days of Noah were, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days they were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And he knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall it be with the coming of the Son of Man be. Two will be in a field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken, one will be left. But it's saying this right here. It will be like this again when Jesus comes back. God, you can't pick up a newspaper without seeing perversion of all types. You can't pick up a newspaper and not see transgenders anymore. You can't pick up – you can't even go to a, a theme park or into a public area now and not see perversion openly on display. 
as it was in the days of Noah, so love was the return of Jesus. That's what we have to understand who Christ is and who he is and what he did for us. We're pawns in this giant game, this chess piece of weirdos that are basically running this planet. But we don't have to be unless we allow ourselves to be. You always stand with Christ. You keep your prayers and you pray every single day and you stay in church. And you realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That this is the day that the Lord hath made. And we will rejoice and we'll be, we'll be glad at it. I just can't say you can't enjoy the things of the earth and have a nice car and have a nice car. I'm not saying, or have a nice house. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is this. Don't let those things have you. Don't allow yourself to be consumed with greed. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil, not money. Always remember that. And remember, you stand your ground. You dig in. You, you, you dig a trench and you lock your legs down. You say, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter to me. For, as me. for me and my house, we will serve the Lord all the days of my life. Wow. Awesome. What do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, that was excellent. And you're 100% right. I mean, where as far as it's everywhere you go now, you notice the morals are just degrading at a rate we've never seen. I mean, it's it's just happening rapidly. Absolutely. A video earlier of a uh, of the Medical University of South Carolina. The Medical University of South Carolina, they did a commercial and it basically is this dad going to a gender affirming care pediatric hospital and bringing his son who's a boy, but he has long hair, and this whole entire discussion of meeting with a doctor and talking about what the boy now feels like he's a girl and how he feels like he's this and he's that and what the options are for him as far as on taking puberty blocker. I mean, it's a sick commercial, but it's, it's, they're dead serious. That's the scary part about it. It's, they're dead serious in this commercial. And, I mean, it's so disturbing to me now because I'm sitting there going, there's no reason whatsoever that any boy or girl would want to start going through this horrible, horrible lifestyle that they're promoting unless they're being taught and displayed and encouraged to go in that direction. You know, there's always girls who knew growing up. They were tomboys. They like having fun. They always grew out of it that I always knew, and most of them ended up, you know, being married and being awesome wives and people and friends. I still know them. Then there's also been guys, you know. That were more feminine when they were younger. They basically didn't weren't as aggressive. They were more of a beta male, but they ended up going out of it just fine. And they lived to be productive males in society now that I know. And furthermore, but what happens is when you start taking these young children at such a young age and you start pushing this indoctrination agenda campaign on them every single day at school, every single minute, everything they do and hear about now has to be hypersexualized. What do you think is going to happen? That's why I have repeatedly said you have to protect your children, and you have to make sure they're getting the proper education. What we've done now in the educational system in the United States is embarrassing, especially in the public sector. I mean you take this entire concept of public education, and you try to fit every child into this tiny little box that they have to conform to. You don't let the child – express and learn and grow and go in directions that basically they're going to be more skilled at or they shine in more. You simply go, this is the way you do it. Everybody has to do the exact same thing. You're going to sit in a school for eight hours a day, sit there most of the time, be under complete and total watch, lock and key, walk in line, do not speak unless spoken to. You get this amount of time outside. If not, you go back inside. And the whole concept is all about building the child psyche in the little box that they want them to be in. That's the whole concept of the public education system now. And then you start tying into all the communist indoctrination ideology 
due to the school system protocols now with critical race theory and this 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 common core that came out years ago did i mean it's some of the most bizarre stuff i've ever seen i've, I've looked at some of the tests before and i'm like what what are they doing i mean this t- entirely strange work around a math problem and then you got word problems and equations and they've got to put this racial theater to it in the middle of a word math problem and there's no reason to it at all it's just there to inject that ideology so again be cautious and be aware. I told you, I, you guys heard the show yesterday about what happened in Texas at that school with that first grade six year old girl, that boy. I'm not even going to get into that article again. You guys can read about it. And, I mean, the kids are trying to record the six year old doing this, you know, this act on this girl. This is pure perversion at its clearest level. And again, this is why you've got to raise little Americans. People got to get past this soft snowflake ideas now with a lot of this stuff. And I know there's certain things that may be more traumatic to you know the others than you know other things. But this concept now of this entitlement mindset where you got these these kids now where they just immediately as soon as they go out, they I want my iPad, I want my phone, I want to sit at a table, sit on my phone the whole time. I want to do anything. I told you guys not too long ago we ended up going out to dinner with a bunch of people and somebody came, they had their kid with them and you know my two kids are sitting there with you know the placemats color into a tic-tac-toe with one another and of course as soon as a kid gets there parents hand him a phone i'm like really we can get off the stupid phone he's six years old why does he have to have constantly entertained by digital bubble gum for the brain you know i go to the barber shop every week and get my hair cut i take hunter with me he's never had an ipad or a phone it was a couple weeks ago i'm in there and one of the chairs beside me gets this probably about the same age as hunter about five six seven years old his mom comes in there and she goes, okay, I'm going to try to keep him calm down. So she gives him, she gives him a lollipop and she gives him her phone. So the kid's sitting there sucking on a lollipop while he's watching some stupid show on YouTube while he's getting his hair cut. Because if he's not constantly distracted and getting continual dopamine triggers, if he doesn't want to get his hair cut, he's going to pitch a fit apparently. I guess, that's what I'm assuming. And I thought, and I just shook my head. And I looked over at him. I said, he said you got to do all that to let him get his hair cut. She goes, oh. You know, you don't even know. This is the way I figured out the way it works. And I thought, this is the way it works is because you allow it to do that way. You allow this to go on. You allow this child to control and dictate everything you do. You allow him to get anything he wants. You're raising very soft, soft children. These are the children that we now see up in society that are having meltdowns. Meltdowns if somebody calls them by their improper pronoun. It's stupid. And again, this was all about degrading society exactly what dad said. This has been a long-term plan, and we're at this kind of this crossroad right now. We really are. It's a very, very distinctive crossroad where it's going to reach a point where, okay, are you going to go left or are you going to go right? There's no middle trail anymore. There's no stomping through and taking the green lane. There's two distinctive roads and you're going to have to take one at some point. You're going to have to make a stand on what your conviction is. It's either going to be evil or it's either going to be good. That's it. And I think a lot of people, especially in the Christian church now, have kind of failed to grasp this concept. And because so many people, and I saw this during COVID, tried to run down the middle. 
They didn't want to offend anybody. Oh, I'm going to wear a mask because they're upset. Well, I'm not going to wear a mask now because I don't care about masks. I never wear a mask, but this person wants me to wear a mask. The entire concept was lunacy. Oh, well, I got to get my shot so you're protected. You get your shot so I'm protected. I've been, I've read an article the other day. Again, another article that was talking about how Ron DeSantis, another hatchet job on him about how he was basically putting people's freedoms ahead of the safety of the state. And how people were not getting the shot and they weren't doing their, their due diligence and helping society by contributing and getting the shot. What? When in history do you have to get an experimental RNA injection into yourself in order for other people to be protected? Uh, answer, never. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But again, that was all part, and I explained to you guys that when all that was going on during COVID, I said this is all designed in order to change the entire concept of how people see things, how they function, how they work together. Now you're saying that I have to do things to my body and have experiments done to my body for the safety of you. No, it doesn't work like that. But yet people have been brainwashed. I saw an article here earlier. This was very interesting, and it was a street reporter, and he was doing this big kind of like expose. And uh, Amy Horwitz, and he basically was going up to people. This is in California, surprise, surprise. And he was asking them, would you support a COVID-style lockdown in order to bring CO2 levels down to stop climate change? Now, he's conservative, but he was doing this to kind of see where it was going to go. Every single person he interviewed said, yes, essentially, if, if the lockdowns are going to help with climate change and they're going to help protect everyone, then I'm, I'm okay with it. And he goes, well, what about three months? The guy goes, yeah, that, that'd be okay. You know, I'd, I'd probably be okay with up to six months if we had to. Another guy came in there and goes, I would do it as long as we needed to. It's, it's fine. I want to live in the future. You know, I want, I want everything to be okay in the future. So if it's for our safety, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having more lockdowns. Every person he interviewed, I watched it. I, was, I just shook my head. And I thought, wow, wow, this is what happens when you dumb down generation after generation. You feed them toxic chemicals like fluoride when you continue to continue to tell the generation after generation that basically this is for your safety and your protection. We're doing this for you. We're coming in your house. We're shooting you for your safety. <laughs> that was the crazy stuff. You need to get this experimental injection for your safety because it's safe and effective because we said so. My friends, continue to be educated. Continue to educate your friends, your family, your loved ones, even if they don't like it, even if they don't want to hear it sometimes. Just throw little snippets out there. I've told people that numerous times. You don't have to always go the you know, fire hose method where you're talking to family about stuff. Sometimes people don't respond well to that. But just throw ideas out there. I was explaining to my son yesterday. Difference between contrails and chemtrails. I had a perfect example. Perfect example. I had a tragic big old plane up in the sky, and you could see him. He was like on his third path, doing a nice crisscross tic-tac-toe in the sky with chemtrails. Watch it. I mean, you sit there and watch it. We were laying out on the grass. It was on Sunday. And then you saw about far corner, I saw another plane in typical contrail, you know, a couple inches behind him as far as from your viewpoint, and you see it dissipate. And he's like, Dad, why does that one why does that one have a line that keeps going? He keeps you know, back and forth, and that one doesn't have one. And I explained to him. This is my seven-year-old son. This is how open he is as far as to understanding and expanding his knowledge already. And I explained to him exactly. And I said, well, they're spraying stuff. They're doing it allegedly under the guise of climate change. For so our safety and protection, they're spraying us with barium and aluminum because <laughs> you know, it's, it's for our safety. 
my friends, continue to talk about things that are going on, continue to encourage one another because we're all in this together. We all know the main outcome, but again, continue to take care of yourself and your family and your body, your most precious, valuable asset along with your family. That's why I've encouraged you, take care of your children's health. Your children's health are your responsibility. Even if you're just putting them on the basic ultimate multiple chewable, you know, in cod, strawberry cod, we have the children's cod. It tastes great. My kids love it. I have their friends have taken it when they come over. They don't mind it either. Keep their health your top priority, my friends, because that's really the best, most effective thing you can do to elicit change and continue to keep raising little Americans. Keep everybody's mind, body, and soul as strong as possible. And the thing is, the stronger you are, the more alert you are, the more awake you are, the more you can help and encourage others to do the same, to become successful, to be goal-oriented, to have health, to have wealth, to have wellness. Because at the end of the day, the discipline that you're instilling in your children now, it's going to help benefit them in the future because <laughs> we're all here together, my friends. Continue to stay strong. If you need anything, healthmasters.com, Ultimate Multiple Powder, you voted on sale 12% off for product of the week. Be sure to check it out. Have a blessed, safe, amazing night, my friends. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.